Okay, so in- intro music to be added later. Okay, so we're going to start by playing five card shuffle. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, Welcome to the uh, other steam-powered scoundrels podcast. <laughs> oh no! Okay, we can start recording. Actually, now we've got enough okay. cold opens. It's fine. <laughs> Greetings, listeners! Welcome to the first episode of Painty Time. That's we've how you're pronouncing it. <laughs> I will introduce Mike. Hi, I'm Mike, known as Magic Carl everywhere except for Steam Powered Scoundrels Discord. Where you're everything. Where I'm a Benedict Cumberbatch name that I can't pronounce. That's part of the charm, is that it's unpronounceable. Exactly. And me, I guess I will say my name is Bennington. I have no consistency to my naming anywhere. On the Steam Powered Scoundrels forum, sometimes I'm Cognitus. Where does that name come from? I forget, actually. That's one of the reasons why I'm so bad at naming things. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Maybe that will be one day a um, a secret spoiler episode where I can remember that. See if we can get to to episode five. Yeah, prequel. Yeah. Prequel episode. So. What are you drinking today, Mike? I have Lapsang Souchong, which is a tea that is smoky and smells and tastes like a gentleman's club until you add sugar. <laughs> what happens when you add sugar? Uh, it tastes like a nice tea that's slightly smoky bacon-ish. Why don't you just drink bacon, then? I've tried. It's too solid and doesn't go with milk. But you know what is solid? The tea I'm drinking today. What are you drinking, Bennington? I just took a delicious sip of Yorkshire Gold, one of the top teas of Britain. It is. It's the best tea. It's the only correct tea. Yes. I will say I heard about it from a lovely gentle person called the Spiffing Brit. If for some reason you're listening to this, why are you wasting your time? And thank you for the recommendation. It's it's the it's the genuinely the best tea in Britain. We have Tetley's, which is uh, little pyramids that are incorrect tea. Uh, we can actually get Tetley also in America, and they always put it next to the Lipton teas, at least in my part of the country. And huh. I consider Lipton the bottom of the barrel, so I've never tried it. Lipton is for iced tea and shouldn't exist. Uh oh. I sometimes drink iced tea. I guess, okay, everyone, the podcast is over now, I guess. <laughs> it's fine. Do you add alcohol to it at least? Yeah, not really. I, I know I live New New York, but uh, I do not drink Long Island iced tea often. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> so, now that we've discussed uh, our beverages of choice, tell me, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh we're going to have one of our regular um, sections of the podcast. The Malifaux Minute, where we talk about Malifaux. The best game. Yes. 
So our lovely listeners want to know, especially um, George Michael, what is your favorite faction in Malifaux? My favorite faction? I started with Arcanists. They're the ones who got me into it. Um, Just wizards running around, except it's not just wizards. Sometimes it's punchy people. Punch wizards. Punch wizards. Uh, So recently I've swapped to Outcasts because of all the shipping memes. (laughs) <laughs> and also the potential to add uh, little hats to everything, especially yes. the tiny rats. But yeah, so I've added some hats to other things. I've got to sculpt some. And I think the sculpting from I've seen you've done is actually pretty darn cool. Um, oh, thank you. And tell me, if people wanted to see the tiny rats with tiny hats, where have you posted pictures of them? I have posted pictures to my Facebook, which will have been deleted by the time that this episode comes out. Uh, they're also available somewhere on the Steam Powered Scoundrels Discord. And oh, the Steam Powered Scoundrels Discord. That sounds like a great place where people should go. It does. <laughs> All right. So I'll say I also am a fan of the Arcanists. I actually originally got into Malifaux back in the first edition and played a whole total of two games before people got distracted and went back to some other game about War and Hammers. And I will say, the two games I played with Rasputina, I lost horribly, <laughs> but I had fun. And that's the point, is lose 10 games and then start getting good. I know a wise man has said a few times, fun is king. Someone said that, yes. Yeah, I can't imagine who. No, no idea. <laughs> but, uh, so we both seem to be Arcanists fans. So what faction then would you say is the faction you dislike the most? Oh, God. Uh, Ten Thunders, I want to say. Okay. Um, just because every experience I've played against Ten Thunders has been a nightmare. Ooh. Uh, including the tournament I went to. Uh, first tournament I'd actually gone to for Malifaux. And I took Tony Ironsides. And... In the third game, I went against Misaki, not knowing what the generic um, upgrade is that Misaki can take, can turn off Tony's defense trigger, and turns out, kill her in the first turn. Wow, that's rough. So it was all downhill from there, and it didn't really start very high up that hill. Okay. So what I'm hearing is, uh, um, if Jonathan Weird ever listens to this, uh, every faction except Ten Thunders needs a buff? Maybe not Rezzers. Okay, not Rezzers? Maybe not Rezzers. Okay, so not Rezzers either. No. What's your What's your least favorite? Um, I would say my least favorite would have to be Guild, um, because they've got Sonya Creed, and no one needs to be mean to my Arcanist babies. <laughs> but Guild has Hoffman. Yeah, Hoffman's good, um, but, you know, he's an Arcanist at heart, and uh, I'm sure by 4th edition, he'll dual faction as Arcanist by you. <laughs> All Masters will just dual faction by you. Exactly. Don't need to trigger the Bayou faction players. Uh, uh, the more crazy green things running around in any game, I think, is an improvement, so... Okay, so actual hobby-related uh, yes. talk about that. Um, 
In the same week, I painted up Mancha Roja, who is a tall gremlin-like figure, who is throwing another smaller gremlin. And I painted up a Blood Bowl ogres team, which includes a big ogre tossing around a small gremlin-like creature in exactly the same manner. And what are the odds of those two things coming together? Pretty good, because it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Was it the same person that wanted you to paint them? Um, what, me? Oh, oh, you painted, oh, you painted those guys for yourself? Yeah, yeah, I don't pay very well, though. So, since we're talking about painting, would we like to talk about, then, what, what we do when we're painting, or how we, uh, how we like to enjoy our hobby time. How we like to enjoy our hobby time. Yeah. So what do you mean? So uh, what we're doing while painting? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about tell us about the mic experience. The mic experience. Yeah. Uh, generally, I put on um, I put on some YouTube. I watch some uh, terrible videos and or music by Bo Burnham or Bill Wirtz, and uh, just 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 go at it. Just just really slather the paint onto the models you get your biggest brush and just uh dunk it right into the paint pot oh i don't even bother with a brush just dip dip the models in the paint pot just straight into it which is really Ah, hard with dropper bottles yeah it reminds me of the army painter quick shade pots you know i've never actually used those i had a few friends that used them did everything come out horrendously glossy yes yes I know that some people had some, um, they managed to get them to not be glossy, but most of them used uh, spray matte varnishes. Yeah, which are a very good product and work better absolutely really fantastically when the model is already fairly matte. And what do you do while painting then? I'm painting. I will usually, um, if I've got spare ears, I will put on the Breachside broadcast and re-listen to some lovely Malifaux stories. Or um, put on some uh, YouTube playlist I've made about different musics. Mm-hmm. A lot of J-pop. A lot of J-pop. Give us, give us your top three J-pops. Oh, dear. I'm so bad at that. <laughs> Pronounce your top three J-pops. Oh. Well, I'll say... Um, do you remember Orange Range? No, I do not. Ah, oh, they did some of the best Naruto OPs for back in the day. Um, Fighting Dreamer? I don't know them, I don't really know much J-pop, to be honest. Oh dear, I'm going to have to get you to watch a lot of anime. We're going to have to catch you up. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah. Um... Other things I listen to are, um, let's see, uh, Britain's not that large of a country. You might, do you know Dan Bull? I, I know of Dan Bull. I don't okay, know him but personally. you've met him too, right? <laughs> yeah, he's one of the other five people who live in the UK. But yeah, yeah. I love Dan Bull uh, and yeah. Stupendium. Stupendium. I'm going to have to look. That sounds familiar. I have to relook that up. I'm sure I have... Probably shared like three or four songs at some point. Yeah. Um, let's see. I also do listen to a good amount of like uh, track remixes. The uh, Melodica Brothers 
uh, they're another YouTuber. Mm-hmm. A year or two back, they put out their own rendition of a mildly popular song called Do Host, except they sang it as a, yeah, they sang it as a uh, trendy pop happy song. Oh, I know what you're talking about now, yeah. <laughs> the the Radio Disney edits. Yep. <laughs> okay. So do you have any interests outside of um, painting miniatures? I have far too many interests outside of painting miniatures. Um, okay. Uh, good Lord, I, I learn Russian, Polish language. Uh, I do music. That That is quite the range of interests. That's those are the ones I can remember immediately. Okay. <laughs> uh, then I have to be interested in my job, which is a job which is a thing for money. I mean, you don't have to be interested in it. You just have to show up, right? <laughs> Here's hoping. Here's hoping one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I too do job for money, um, but outside of that, I enjoy cooking. Lately, I've been baking a lot and making pizzas. There's oddly a little bit of overlap with that. What? Cooking and pizzas? Yeah. Are you cooking the things that go on the pizza, or...? Yeah. Um, let's see. Things to go on pizza. You know what definitely goes on pizza, and everyone will agree with me? Pineapple. Pineapple goes on pizza. I agree. I agree. And that's 100% of people currently on this podcast, so that's clearly that's clearly the truth. It is. So you've heard it here. 100% of podcasters on this podcast say pineapple goes on pizza. Yeah. I keep ordering pizza with anchovies and regretting it, but every time. Uh, how are you regretting it? Anchovies on pizza is great. It, you know, it should be, and I kind of want it now. But every time I get it, I'm just like, why did I do this again? Are are they too salty? Yeah, it reminds me of Warhammer players. Ooh. (laughs) Salty and a bit stale. (laughs) (laughs) That's the title of the first episode. Yeah, we'll have to do an episode where we dunk on Warhammer eventually. Oh yeah. Well, it can just be bits of bits of every episode, really. Okay. Uh, except for maybe the second episode, uh, which <laughs> needs to have no mention of Games Workshop at all. Uh, no. In fact, it doesn't exist. Uh, are they? So are you telling me that Citadel Paints actually do a miniature line now? Yeah, Citadel Paints actually did start doing a miniature line. Um, oh, yeah. When, when was that? Did they have a Kickstarter? No. No. Unfortunately, they didn't. Or I should say fortunately. <laughs> so how did you get into wargaming, Ben? Um, I got into wargaming, sadly, through Warhammer. <laughs> um, when I was a wee lad, we uh, took a trip to Boston as a family. Mm-hmm. And outside of Boston, there was a um, one of those little Games Workshop hobby stores. And I saw the tiny plastic spacemen, or I should say pewter spacemen at the time, in the window, wandered in. It was like, wow, these look so cool. I'd love to you know, paint them and make them look neat. Mm-hmm. And my parents said, no, nah, you, you don't have the attention span for this. 
so little 12 year old me uh was like oh okay i'm not gonna get these cute little alien bugs and left and every few years after that i um thought about it Mm -hmm. and i was like oh what was that thing called and then eight years later or no not eight seven years later either way like after high school i walked into a game shop i'm like oh wow look at that it's those alien bug uh lizards and it was fifth edition of warhammer and tyranids were just getting a codex release and i spent way too much money on tyranids i bought so much stuff (laughs) i had a job i was young i was very dumb and i will say admittedly i did not paint an entire army I, in some part, my family was right. I did not have the attention. <laughs> then I uh, fell in and out of Warhammer over the years and uh, took a long break, about like five years, did some other stuff with my life, came back into the wargaming and uh, fell out of love with Warhammer for the last time. And I fell into the arms of Malifaux and been very happy since the loving embrace of uh tara and her crab claw <laughs> so how about you mike where did you hear, hear about miniatures lord of the rings two towers had just come out and mm-hmm. i was reading a bunch of comics and magazines at the time and a little magazine came out with pictures of lord of the rings characters which looked really cool uh but they were in miniature and it was like train sets, but with miniatures. Oh crap, that seems interesting. And it came with free miniatures. So I didn't buy the magazine, my friends did. And they split the miniatures between themselves and I got left out. So I went to my local game store where I previously got comics and they had some of these Lord of the Rings miniatures, which was nice and cool. So I got Gandalf the White on horseback as my first model. It's a good first model. It's a good first model. 20 years later, I still can't paint white. (laughs) But here we are. So I got uh, some paints which weren't the recommended paints. They were Airfix Humbrol gloss paints. And I, with a really bad acrylic paintbrush, uh, just slathered on white. And then I saw uh, a hobby tip somewhere in one of the magazines that said, if you want to paint white, work up to it from black. And I was like, ah, that sounds sensible. So I went back out and bought gloss black and painted the whole thing again with black. And then, as a smart thing, layered on white on top of it. (laughs) I like to think I've improved since then. I would say you definitely have. That magazine probably should have described that a lot better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it would have helped if I'd read the magazine properly. But anyway, um, yeah, so we we played Lord of the Rings miniatures quite a bit um, on, you know, floors because we didn't have tables at the time. Is that a rite of passage? Possibly. Floor hammer. My first 40k game was on the floor. Yeah, I mean, it's the only way to test out those, like, 48-inch range guns and stuff, is if everything starts, like, 
two foot out of range at the start. So you end up with, like, by turn five, range attacks can start happening. Mm. Um, Except for Legolas, who can fire anywhere on the board. Uh, Johnny swore at the time, and we all believed him. Uh, So we did that for a few years and then found out about Warhammer Fantasy. So we kind of got into that. Uh, I was playing Empire, I think it was Empire, and I got into the habit of painting one unit, buying two or three of the unit, and never painting anything else. Um, uh, then Lizardmen, and I stuck with Lizardmen for a while, and then we moved on to 40k, and I moved on to Chaos, which I had two miniatures for, and we just played free-for-alls on, again on Floorhammer. Um, and the only person who ever won was the guy who bought Tau, because they could range <laughs> further than everyone else. Um, when you're like playing on a board that's technically like ten foot, oh yeah, Tau, tau will win. Um, and then it was off and on, just like yourself, uh, off and on for the next few years. Um, and I kept telling people that I was friends with at the time, and you know, partners and things like that. I was like, oh yeah, there's this other thing that I used to do called Warhammer. But if I ever try to get back into that, uh, just stop me. Because I don't have money or time for that. And nobody did. So I kept getting back into it. Uh, I think as of two years ago, I had owned a Lizardmen army four times. Oh, damn. That's a lot of lizards. So many skinks. It's a hell of a... You haven't seen half of my skinks. I don't think you've seen even one of my skinks, but you haven't seen anywhere near the number of skinks I had. I bought a job lot of skinks at one point that was the like really early edition ones that someone had hundreds of. So I think I had 200 skinks, and I, I planned to paint them up. I can feel that. As a former Tyranid player, I can feel that. At one point, I had, I think, over 300, maybe 400 Termagants. Oh my god, yeah, okay. Uh, well, there was a Tyranid commission. I was going to get onto commissions later, but there's a Tyranid commission I did for a guy who um, just sent me two Tupperware boxes filled. Uh, I say Tupperware, like massive Tupperware boxes filled with Tyranids loose and in various states of disrepair. Um, there were 150 gene stealers, to give you an idea. And um, I said, I will pull, I will pull a three thousand point army out of this and paint that. And he was like, Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so I chose the ones which were least uh, ball shaped because of the amount of thick paints that were applied to them. Oh dear. Uh, But anyway, <laughs> but yes, commission. I got into commissioning at about the age of sixteen. Uh, I did one job and then gave up and only started again like two years ago. Hooray. Um, The first commission I had was for a historicals army for a older historicals player who completely ruined the idea of commission painting for me for nearly um, by going just paying very low and constantly berating uh, standards. Historical painters can be very exacting. From what I uh, understand, yeah, yeah, I, I I've met a lot of nice ones, but I I have met some that are uh, exacting about what their uh, 
and other people's models look like. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there's always a couple bad eggs no matter what you do, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I've, I've tried playing 40k and Age of Sigmar Fantasy off and on uh, for quite a while now. Um, right up until uh, the UK Games Expo 2019, the one before COVID happened. And um, my partner at the time had gone to it. I hadn't. I wasn't able to go. And uh, she brought back a like a samplings and um, different adverts for different miniatures games. And the one that stuck out to me because I played Age of Sigma fantasy, uh, fantasy and forty k for a while, and it was just I hated the concept of having to paint up a massive army. And I saw this one called Wild West Exodus. What's that? It's a game that you can play with about seven or eight miniatures. Oh, interesting. So I bought some of that. Uh, one of my friends played it as well. Um, so we played loads of games, enjoyed it. Uh, broke the game. Like, solved solved the game. It turns out you just take something that rolls more dice and you win, as is usually the case. And he says, well, there's this other game we could try called Malifaux. And that's how I'm here now. <laughs> that's how we got here. That's how we got here. Um, Malifaux 3rd Edition had just come out by the time we were doing this. Uh, so well, maybe it was Go Game Expo 2018 then, actually. But anyway, doesn't matter. Malifaux 3rd Edition just come out. Uh, bought Colette Box. Realised that most of Colette's models hadn't been released yet. Bought Keris, because hers had. And enjoyed the hell out of Keris for a full year and a half. What a long strange trip it's been. <laughs> and uh, it seems that's starting again. Starting with blue is the way to go. Starting with blue, yeah. Oh, well, like Probably a topic for another time but uh, most of the demo games that I run for people, I would say 50% of them are Arcanists. Okay. But that's probably a topic for another day. That sounds like a very good topic for another day. I'm going to write that down. Why not type it, you Luddite, you Mennonite? I am a, I am a Mennonite fan. Should we <laughs> do a Kirby episode? Let's talk about Kirby. <laughs> well, it's not a Malifaux podcast, so we can. You know? Nintendo, give us a Kirby tabletop game, you cowards. <laughs> the Mario Miniatures game. Although, actually, funnily enough, I should mention this. Um, have you heard of Gaslands? I really want to give that game a shot. It is amazing, and there's a Hot Wheels line of Mario Kart, and someone made a mod of Mario Kart for Gaslands, and it's the best. Oh, that sounds awesome. You can 3D print terrain, but I think they made cardboard cutout versions that you can just print off at home of, like, all the boxes. Okay, that sounds really cool. So, want to talk about some hobby news that we've heard about lately? Yeah, so uh, closing segment for episode one. What? Closing segment for episode one. Yeah, it's a closing segment for episode one. We'll try to end every episode with a little bit of hobby news if we can find it. Yay! Yeah. And there is some news. Uh, Scale Color just ended a Kickstarter for new colors, including some really cool new fluoros. The more fluoro paints on the market, I think the better. Uh, it's a really great way to add some bold color to uh, what you're doing. Yeah, uh, we're going to get onto that on the next episode, I think. Yes, we will be talking about it on the next episode. 
And we need something for to talk about. Are we revealing our first special guest? Through the magic of editing, no. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did want to ask, because we both are a fan of scale color paints. Have you tried the uh, um, heavy-bodied stuff they have in tubes? I have not tried the tube ones, no. I haven't tried any acrylic tube paint, other than uh, Wilkinson's finest craft paints, which Hmm. um, rub off with a gentle touch. It turns out not great for terrain painting anyway. Okay. I haven't... Um, my only experience with um, tube paints is liquid Liquitex iridescent paste. Iridescent paste? Yep. Are you trying to attract a fish? Actually, that'd be probably really good a thing to rub on a fish lure. <laughs> um, I picked it up on a lark the other day and uh, threw it all over a, um, a clear container that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, it gave some really beautiful shimmer to that. And then it was a really good base for airbrushing ink colors over it. Oh, it would be. It did. I did a rainbow pattern over it and the iridescence actually did some really interesting shifts under the, uh, inks. Unfortunately though, I can't, don't have any pictures of it to share um i'll have to recreate the effect uh hobby pro tip for those still listening this late into the podcast be careful how you store your uh two-part resins do not leave the bottles on their sides they will leak all over everything and i had to throw so much hobby stuff oh no yeah it's not a good day no no but yeah, uh, scale color, the new stuff, the colors look really vibrant. One of my favorite things about scale color, their colors are very, very, very saturated. Like, you know, the saturated ones are boom in your face. Yeah, definitely. And if you if you do two coats of any scale color, it goes on smooth. Yeah. And it looks professional. Yeah. Very good quality pigments in that. It's uh, it, it comes out really matte as well, if that's the effect you're going for. And like the moment I started using scale color for leather and wood, which is the set I picked up first, um, it just made every model look fantastic. And because I was doing Wild West Exodus at the time, I just needed a lot of browns and yellows and you know those kind of sepia tones. So it worked really well. Uh, but it just took it just took the Citadel paint models up to you know the next level just by switching to scale color absolutely uh they have their browns and tans and earth tones on lockdown i haven't painted any of the fallout miniatures yet but uh definitely if you're going for that down to earth um browns and grays tans that's a perfect use oh yeah have you tried any of their alchemy paints i haven't yet um, I do need to pick them up. Alchemy paints with a contrast or speed paint over the top um, instead of a wash come out extremely vibrant. They are really, really nice. Awesome. Uh, I I have probably and can probably find a picture to put up on 
the description or something or wherever we're going to post them. Uh, Marathi, um, the new Marathi with wings painted with those, and they that's, look really good. That sounds really good. That sounds really good. And I think now's a really good time to wrap up the episode. Thank you, listeners. We hope to see you in the next episode. Bye. Do 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 do. There you go. That's music. And, and recorded.